engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It is 4.09. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB, starting an hour early in lieu of Sean Hannity. Given what we are facing now as a state uh, with traffic evacuations along the coast, everyone living east of I-95 in Georgia has been ordered to leave. Uh, Floridians coming up uh, across the state. Uh, it appears now that the hurricane, um, though only Category 4 as opposed to a, a mega Category 5, might be strengthening as it turns into Florida. will still be of hurricane strength when it reaches south Georgia before becoming a tropical storm and later a depression, uh, potentially delivering 5 to 8 inches of rain to some parts of Georgia, more in south Georgia. Uh, it is going to be a mess. Uh, we will be altering our schedule here at WSB uh, throughout the weekend and into Monday and Tuesday, given the coverage. You can listen throughout the weekend and Monday morning for certain for updated Hurricane Irma forecast from Kurt Mellish, our meteorologist, and triple team traffic coverage as evacuees fill the roads. And on Monday and Tuesday, Rain, power outages, traffic, high winds are all to be expected for continuing coverage of Irma's impact. You can stay with WSB. Also, in case of power outages, I highly recommend that you download the WSB radio app. You can get it on Android. You can get it on. Um, you can get it on the iPhone. You can listen to the live stream of this show and the rest of WSB. If the power goes out, you don't have access to a battery radio. I highly recommend a battery radio. Listen, I'm from South Louisiana. During the summers, we would come home from Dubai, and there would be some summers where you would get three or four hurricanes. And uh, this, this everybody freaking out, saying, oh, it's climate change, it's climate change. Look, we got three hurricanes in the Atlantic. No, that, that has nothing to do with it. Uh, when I was a kid growing up in Louisiana, we would routinely get hurricanes through the summer. Multiple hurricanes would come through some summers. And Category 3 hurricanes, I'm hearing everybody freaking out about this, and I don't mean to downplay it. Don't, don't think I'm downplaying it, but this was something we were used to in South Louisiana. And a Category 3 hurricane was just, it was a giant storm. It was not a Category 4 or 5. I, I, I went through Andrew. Um, my, my family went through Katrina in Louisiana. I was here by then. Uh, we've gone through plenty of hurricanes, uh, and a Category 3 storm is a very strong storm. Yeah, and when it gets into Georgia, it may still very well be Category 1 or 2, which is a giant rainstorm. In South Florida, though, it's another matter because you've got all these tall glass buildings and a Category 4 storm with 125-mile-an-hour winds uh, can cause massive glass projectiles flying through the air, which is not a good thing. Um, but here, this is our problem the amount of rainfall that we can expect in the metro Atlanta area from this storm as it comes through on Monday and Tuesday. Now, my kid's school, they're saying, is still going to be open. I'll believe it when I see it, uh, given some of the storm projections and whatnot. We also have the traffic situation. Y'all, Clark Howard last night came back uh, to the studio and asked me if I wanted to stay at his house last night because you had that 18-wheeler southbound on 75 with seven cars underneath it and uh, traffic was backed up. It was a disaster. Well, I was going to stay with a buddy of mine who's just moved in right I'm two blocks from our station now. And I finally decided that, you know, traffic had cleared up. It was about 9 o'clock last night. I could head home. It would take me an hour based on traffic. It took me five hours to get home. An hour ride maximum took five hours. Uh, because there were multiple wrecks as I got on the road, including at one point they had to shut down the interstate to land a helicopter on the road uh, to deal with one of the wrecks. It is absolutely atrocious out there. It is. Uh, and you guys need to be safe on the road. And I'm telling you all of this to know uh, that if there, Atlanta has had such an influx of people since 1994 in Alberto and the tropical storm that caused all the flooding. You haven't seen anything like this uh, that's coming, uh, and it is going to come our way now. It is going to be a massive rain dump like you haven't seen since 1994 or so. Uh, you need to be prepared for it. Go get so You don't need to run and get water because the odds are Atlanta water is going to be fine. Well, it is Atlanta. Be cautious. But batteries and a radio, and you better get the WSP radio app, uh, and that is not a shameless self-promotion. It is if the power goes out, which is likely— 
you'll still be able to find out what's going on navigable roads and whatnot. And that is why I have asked Doug Turnbull uh, to just get on with me here right now. And instead of giving a rushed 30-second or so uh, travel forecast, Doug, I've got just Google Maps up right now and looking at the red and the black and interstate shut down south of Atlanta and stuff. I was wondering if you can kind of give more of a big-picture overview for everyone, what people are facing this afternoon. Yeah, certainly, Eric. It's been a real mess out there. It's been really that same red you're seeing has been uh, different shades of it in the same areas since early this morning. It's been absolutely uh, terrible all the way up from the state line, and then it kind of breaks free through south-central Georgia that jams up north of 475, right north of where you live, and up all the way to McDonough. It's just stayed that way. The alternates you usually think of, like 1941 and Highway 42, are in bad shape, and so we are recommending people take 441 or even Highway 20. Those kind of work like outer perimeters to kind of get you up into East Atlanta, but then once you get into Metro Atlanta, 285, the downtown connector, and then 75 north of DeKalb are, have been bad the last couple of days, and I think I-20 is going to get worse now westbound and for the South Carolina area as people evacuate. Well, Doug, let me ask you this, and I'm looking at my at, at this, and you know, this is this is why we have you guys because these map data is often inaccurate or out of date. But uh, it looks like part of 75 southbound is is just completely stopped right now, headed south. Is do you know anything about that? Is that the case? Uh, I'm not sure about southbound right now. Now, you may see a couple of road closure signs on your on Google Maps, I think is what you're using, but those are just showing, I think, that the 75 South Metro Express lanes aren't allowing southbound traffic in them like they normally do at PF Drive. The South Metro Express toll lanes that opened up in February are actually set for northbound and will be set for northbound and to be used by all vehicles until further notice. The only uh, vehicles not allowed in those lanes will be tractor trailers. You don't have to have a peach or sun pass or anything, and so that'll allow two more lanes on 75 north to try to get this traffic through and up into atlanta north of the storm ah uh, that's awesome uh, so uh, just real quick before you get away from me and thank you for doing this and putting you on the spot um this weekend uh, what would your advice be to just your regular atlantan um with what we're facing right now should 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 people be out and about and running all over the place this weekend would it be okay or should people just kind of bunker down I think that's a, a really a quandary because the weather here is absolutely beautiful. This is just like springtime where you, you can go out and, and have festivals and different football games. And I think if you have to travel long distances and it's discretionary travel, I would hold back on it just because there's so many extra cars, especially if you're going south of town. Certainly if you're going to the North Georgia mountains, you probably can get there. But there's so many extra people out. If you can kind of help be part of it, it's sort of like recycling, right? If you can help be just a little part of it and stay off of the roads or locally as much as possible, that's going to make it better. Uh, once you get into Monday, Tuesday, start thinking about working from home or, or play, leaving way early for work because that's when the bad weather comes. And that's when we really need to start altering our plans. Thank you very much, Doug. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for taking time out. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, you guys heard Doug there, and just seriously, this is, again, it really isn't shameless self-promotion. I know it sounds like it, but if the power does go out, uh, we don't rely on the Google Maps to give you traffic. We have actual live people who are in helicopters and looking at cameras uh, and we've actually made a shift here that I, I think goes underreported uh, that we now have a 24-hour man traffic center at WSB instead of relying on outsourced people or robots or Google Maps or Waze or whatnot overnight. We've got actual real people 24 hours a day looking at all of the traffic cameras in the state, flying helicopters, checking traffic, and it's going to be a mess when Monday and Tuesday come as someone who grew up in, in just hurricane alley in Louisiana, uh, I know what the storms are like and a, a category three storm doesn't worry me except to the extent of rainfall. And the fact that you guys who live in Georgia have not experienced that amount of rainfall coming down in a very long time and the roads are probably going to be a mess on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, they really are. So please do tune in throughout the weekend. We are going to alter programming here to make it convenient for you guys to figure out what is going on. Uh, and as well, you can get the app uh, just to be on the safe side. Now, that is not how I intend to start the show today. But I thought it was necessary just in, in light of looking at the traffic map uh, and the radar. I, I do. I, before I get out of here, though, I got I to gotta get this off my chest um, 
because it's just going to hang in my mind. I was talking to a buddy of mine. You know, one of the reasons that I, the only reason really I ever ran for political office was human trafficking. In uh, Macon, when I was uh, down there on city council, the only reason I ran is because one night I realized that between my house and downtown, there were at least a dozen Asian-themed massage parlors, and they were all completely empty in the day. And I had to go downtown and be on TV one time at night, and they were all lit up, they were all open, and they all had lines out the doors. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And a lady up in Gwinnett County who was dealing with this issue really educated me that a lot of these places serve as fronts for human trafficking. And I got very angry about it and started researching it and seeing what was happening and wound up running for office. That was the only issue on which I campaigned, uh, shutting down these places uh, to end human trafficking. And there were multiple raids in the city while I was on council. I pushed very hard for this. Uh, they, They found people who clearly were victims of human trafficking. Talking to a buddy of mine about this a little while ago who is helping a a charitable group called the Guardian Group that rescues uh, women and children who are in human trafficking. He's telling me this unbelievable story. Just last week, they rescued a girl in California. She had been kidnapped in Southeast Asia and had a microchip tracker put in her. I mean, this is the stuff from a movie. She actually had a tracker embedded under her skin. She was sold to a man in in Los Angeles who could track her. She escaped, and it was impossible for her to get away from her. She wound up finding a rescue shelter who knew to call this group, and they were able to save her, get the tracker out, and, and track down the bad guy. That's something out of a movie. You expect Liam Neeson to show up and kill people. And this stuff is happening. This stuff is real. And I don't know that people realize that this is going on in the United States of America. I mean, we go to church and we hear about human trafficking and whatnot. It's a problem. This happens in Atlanta, Georgia. And here's the thing. uh, The folks at the Guardian Group tell me is that the, the majority of the people who are victims of human trafficking in the United States of America are American citizens, your kids potentially. This is scary, scary stuff. And I just had to share that story with you. I mean, this happened last week. Just insane. Really, really crazy. It is 27 after the hour. Um, Just uh, full disclosure to you guys. um, We all got told to, we were going to go on air early today and everybody thought the other person was going to tell the call screener. So I'm not taking, I'll, I'll start taking phone calls here probably around five o'clock. Um, uh, when Buffy gets here, um, but we just, we all got our wires crossed. It was kind of last minute situation getting in here. The pig farmers in Texas and sent us a text a while ago and said, can you come on early? Cause everything that's going on. So, so we're here. Uh, and, but I got plenty to talk about and seriously, if you only can listen to me for, uh, one segment of this show, I need you to come back for the next segment. Um, just, just go, go grab a drink, whatever, use the bathroom, but be here by four thirty-five because we got to talk about a, a serious local story, a, a Georgia story. Um, that is really going to cause problems. Uh, and I'm, I'm not, I don't want to oversell it, but it's a big deal. Uh, in the meantime, a buddy of mine sent me this earlier. It really is the funniest thing. Do, do you know one of the big complaints in Great Britain right now? Um, that uh, Americans have taken over the English language that they created. I, I'm not making it up. Um, this is, where is this? This is in the BBC. has a, a big uh, op-ed from someone named Hepzibah Anderson. Um, so it turns out I can no longer speak English. Uh, this was the alarming realization foisted upon me by Matthew Ingalls, witty, cantankerous, yet nonetheless persuasive polemic. Uh, that's the way it crumbles, the American conquest of English. Because by English, I mean British English, and no one speaks British English anymore. They all speak American English. All of the Americanizations, like instead of saying flat, apartment, uh, or tobacco, or you name it. Good gracious. Good grief. Um, 
I'm assuming that uh, many of you probably know the country group Montgomery Gentry. Uh, Troy Gentry of Montgomery Gentry has been killed in a helicopter crash uh, this afternoon. Uh, in uh, where was he taken off from? It was a um, helicopter crash at the Flying W Airport in Medford, New Jersey this afternoon. Um, killed Troy Gentry of the country group Montgomery Gentry. Mm, prayers for his family. Now, y'all, there, there is a story at the AJC Jim Galloway notes, and this is a this is going to be a very big story, and it's kind of funny because I uh, was meeting with uh, somebody yesterday, and the subject came up of the demographic shift that we could expect in Georgia, the the political shift and uh, the lay of the land, moving Georgia from a Republican state to a Democratic state. And the person I was meeting with noted that our Republican leaders, from the governor to the speaker to the lieutenant governor to others, they continue to attract uh, lure businesses into the state of Georgia uh, that are extremely hostile to the values of the people of Georgia. We, for example, in the past few years, uh, have seen the governor veto uh, under an organized protest the Religious uh, Freedom Restoration Act legislation he himself said he would sign into law um, after uh, gay rights activists and businesses pitched a fit. And now it appears that Amazon, uh, Amazon of Seattle, the, the great e-commerce company where I probably get something from them every other day, they're looking for another North American headquarters. They're not leaving Seattle. They just want to have two locations, two corporate locations in the country, um, potentially for 50,000 jobs. They want their HQ2 to be the equal of its Seattle base of operations. And Georgia is in the running. Atlanta is in the running. And Georgia, apparently, our, our economic and political leaders, they want to make a case for it uh, based on the talent base, the research universities like Georgia Tech, the cybersecurity hub that's um, springing up around Augusta and all of that. But if we were to do this, we would have to give up any protections for Christians in the state. Uh, Bloomberg News has named Atlanta as a competitor, but writes this, will flirtations with anti-gay laws under the guise of religious liberty. No, note how they write that. Anti-gay laws under the guise of religious liberty or pro-Christian laws or religious liberty laws that are actually about religious liberty. And then in parentheses, and anti-trans bathroom bills hurt the causes of large metro areas in North Carolina, Georgia, and Texas. Y'all, we've got the movie and TV industry in Georgia, which threatened to stop taking your taxpayer dollars if we had RIFRA. Now, there's a federal version of RIFRA. There's not a movement to get rid of federal RIFRA. There are more than 30 states that have state-level RIFRA. Governor Deal himself promised to sign it into law. If the legislature passed it, the legislature did, and the governor broke his promise, and he did so because of Hollywood industries, Hollywood, the, the film industry, major liberal Fortune 500 companies, Home Depot and Delta, that are, are anti, increasingly anti-Christian in their operations. And I intentionally say anti-Christian and not pro-gay because they want to be seen as pro-gay, but what it actually is is they are anti-Christian. The, the, you've got to go bake the cake, bigot. You're not allowed a religious conscientious objection anymore. I mean, look at the movement in this state. The governor, the speaker, and the lieutenant governor are opposed to allowing Christians to participate in helping the state place foster care and adoption adopted children in homes. They do not want Christian organizations to help the state participate in adoption and foster care unless they give up their Christian values. 
you can be a Christian nonprofit in the state and help the state as long as you give up your Christian values so you can be Christian in name only. And now we've got a situation where, where you've got the corporate leaders in the state, the Chamber of Commerce guys, the political leaders in the state. They want to chase Amazon and try to get Amazon to come into the state. And what's happening is they're bringing into the state businesses that are hostile to the values of many Georgians. And they're willing to abandon the values they claim to hold. They're willing to give up on it. Y'all, there should be nothing controversial about RIFRA. Uh, and for those of you who have forgotten, all it does is say that you have to treat the free exercise clause of the First Amendment in the same way you, speak, you treat the free speech clause of the First Amendment. See, what the Supreme Court did years ago is they said that you have to give absolute deference to free speech, but you don't to exercise religion, even though they're both part of the First Amendment. And all the RIFRA does is say, no, you've got to treat religion just like speech under the First Amendment since they're both in the First Amendment. That's all it does. And now we know from Rolling Stone magazine, of all places, that did a heroic profile of Tim Gill, the billionaire gay rights activist, that much of the outrage targeting Governor Deal and David Ralston and Casey Cagle, to which they folded last year and the year before, was manufactured outrage funded by this billionaire. It was people from out of state pretending to be from Georgia. It was astroturf, not grassroots. So here it comes again that our state leaders want to spend your tax dollars to subsidize attracting a corporation hostile to your values. And, you know, I intentionally do say your values because this is not a, a conservative Republican thing. Pew Research has released a study today that the majority of Hispanic and black voters in this country consider themselves socially conservative and consider themselves Christian and actually are not advocates of transgender rights and gay marriage. The things that these companies are advocates of and the things that our political leaders of the state are willing to succumb to in order to attract business. I mean, you're either going to serve God or money. You're not going to serve both. And our political leaders in the state who go to church and say they love Jesus and, and kiss babies and say they're pro-life and they love Christians and they don't want these bad things to happen to Christians, they're actually willing to follow and serve the money not the faith they claim to hold. And they get mad when you point it out, but they're the hypocrites. They're the ones who say that you should not be forced to provide goods and services to a religious ceremony you disagree with that violates your religion, and yet they won't pass a law to protect you because Fortune 500 companies openly hostile to your values don't want them to. We are going to see this state demographically turn against conservatives and against people of faith because of what our Republican leaders are doing. And they know it. That's the crazy thing, is they know it. See, they think that they will have leverage, that these businesses will come and that they will be thanked. You will be hated, but they will be thanked. And so they will be allowed to stay in power. There's this great clip from the new um, uh, Churchill movie that's coming out. And it's it's Winston Churchill screaming as they're trying to make compromises with the Nazis. And, and he yells, when will we learn that we cannot negotiate with the tiger when our head is between its jaws? And that's what's happening. There's an amazing story out of Australia today. The, the spectator in Australia. Yeah, the, the Supreme Court in Australia had the guts to do what our Supreme Court did not do, which is to say that um, marriage is a moral issue and the people of the nation need to vote to change the morals uh, and not have a court impose it. So they're going to have a political referendum on gay marriage. And the spectator did a survey of what has happened in Great Britain since Great Britain legalized gay marriage. And it is the end of Western civilization as we know it. And that is in no way, shape or form hysterical it is the god's honest truth of what's happening and you really 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 need to consider this article I, I put it out on my twitter feed earlier today what has changed in britain since same-sex marriage passed 
Well, the current Prime Minister, Theresa May, has revealed proposals to abolish the need for any medical consultation whatsoever before someone seeks gender reassignment. Filling out an official form will be sufficient. A Ministry of Equality's press release announced that the proposals were designed to bring on progress. Transport for London, the underground system there, has prohibited the use of heteronormative words now. Ladies and gentlemen is prohibited. Universities throughout Great Britain are now marking down students who continue to use the words he and she instead of gender-neutral pronouns. Gender theory radicalism is championed uh, by the the UK's largest gay rights group, which actually says, uh, very Orwellian, acceptance without exception. And by the way, they, they long promised that churches would be left alone, and now that's not true. The equalities minister in Britain is insisting that churches must be forced to keep up with modern attitudes, and churches are going to be forced to perform gay marriage in Britain now. They're working on legislation to do it. You had a liberal um, minister there, one of the liberal party ministers, who is a religious Catholic, who had to resign his leadership position in his party uh, because they didn't want him there anymore since he his religious beliefs are pro-life and, and against gay marriage. Even though he personally supported gay marriage because his religion didn't, he had to resign. This is happening more and more. By the way, Christians in Great Britain are no longer allowed to adopt children. Did you know this? In Great Britain, if you're actually a believing Christian, they won't let you adopt children anymore because they're afraid you won't teach your kids the right thinking on gay marriage and transgenderism. That's happening here. you got the, the governor of this state wants to change adoption rules in Georgia and not allow Christians to participate anymore unless they give up their views. So Christian adoption agencies would not be able to place children in loving homes anymore in this state under the changed adoption rules. This is happening here. And it is happening as they go out and they try to attract businesses in this state, to this state, that are hostile to your faith. And this is not just Republicans. If you are black or Hispanic in this state, If you're a person of faith, it doesn't matter what your political party is. The Republican leaders of the state are out to get you. It is 57 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson, Atlanta's Evening News. Uh, In an hour early, preempting Sean Hannity here, given the situation we're facing with uh, weather and traffic throughout the weekend, folks. We are adjusting our schedule as need be to keep you up to the latest, uh, bring you up to speed on traffic and weather here in the metro area. As you know, Kirk Mellish will be here as well throughout the weekend uh, in the Storm Center and Monday as we really do get uh, one heck of a storm uh, headed into the city. Um, it is, by the time it gets to Atlanta, it will not be a hurricane. Uh, there will still be high winds and heavy rain, though. Um, for those of you who were around in 94, that was the, the summer after my first year at Mercer. We had Alberto come through and got stuck up in North Georgia. And it, it was not a hurricane, um, but it just lingered and it dropped a ton of rain. Uh, I mean, really just a ton of rain. So you, we got issues here now with a lot of rain and i cannot encourage you enough to make sure you have the wsb radio app get the traffic app as well wsb traffic app if you like um so that you will be able to get the latest on both traffic and weather although you will get the traffic reports on the wsb radio app as well when we come back uh, i want to shift gears to washington from georgia the house of representatives did vote on the debt ceiling um you will be surprised Who opposed the debt ceiling increase? Uh, It was, well, the conservatives, including Karen Handel. I will give you what I know when we come back. Three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 
It's 513. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News, the hurricane special. Uh, breaking news here, Eric Bowling has parted ways with Fox News. Um, he's been fired from Fox um, after an investigation into um, his behavior. Apparently, that's coming across the wire right now. Uh, I'll leave it there. I continue to be employed by Fox. Um, so I will say nothing more, but that is news. And this is Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, I do want to remind you guys, and I know I'm sounding like a broken record uh, since I've been on now for an hour uh, saying this, but be sure to get the WSB radio app case your power does go out uh if you have a charged cell phone you will still be able to get your news weather and traffic and uh, we will be adjusting programming as need be here at wsb to take care of you guys with traffic and weather as the storm approaches it is going to head into georgia there is going to be a lot of rain a lot of rain um we have not had a hurricane really impact uh, Atlanta in quite some time in this sort of fashion. Uh, I grew up with this sort of stuff in Louisiana in the summer. You guys did not. So this is going to be something new for many of you, uh, particularly all you Yankee transplants. So you're just going to need to you're, <laughs> you're going to need to pay attention now. Let's get into the news in Washington, D.C. Karen Handel having a, a very big vote. We should be proud of her. She voted against the debt ceiling increase along with the conservatives. And this is a very interesting situation here because it was Democrats that were able to get the president's um, debt ceiling increase and spending plan passed. The, um, they had a Hurricane Harvey bailout uh, that had all sorts of additional money, and four members of the Texas delegation refused to support it because of the way they were handling the debt ceiling and the massive expenditures that were not related to Harvey being put in the legislation. Karen Handel voted against it. Um, there was one other, it was also I, I, Jody Heiss, maybe, I can't remember. Um, one other Republican, I think from Georgia voted against the spending package and the debt ceiling increase, but it was the conservatives in the house of representatives who opposed this. And, you know, I have said now, uh, two days in a row, and I'm going to say it one more time that I really do think conservatives are going to be set up as the fall guy again, just like with Obamacare that the Republican leaders and the Democrats are going to conspire to create a bad bill to get rid of the debt ceiling cap altogether, increase federal spending, do a corporate tax cut that actually raises taxes on people, and uh, allow the DACA kids to stay. And conservatives are going to try to improve the legislation And the Republicans, the Democrats, and the president are going to attack them for causing the country to default on its national debt uh, because of the debt ceiling situation. They are being set up to fail. They are being set up to be railroaded. And many of them know it. But there is a problem for the GOP. The president of the United States has a 98% approval rating with people who stayed with him from the primary to the general. I was talking to a buddy last night, and he and I both know people who they don't care for the president so much, but they love that he makes people mad. And as long as he's willing to make people mad, they're willing to stay with him. And they don't care who he makes mad at this point because they hate everybody. So if he makes the Republicans mad, that's fine because Republicans are the bad guys. If he makes the Democrats mad, that's fine. The Democrats are the bad guys. Um, Now, he isn't getting anything done. We're we're not really getting any major legislative accomplishments taken care of. We haven't had a repeal of Obamacare. We haven't had tax reform. He promised to get rid of DACA, and now Congress is going to enact it into law, and he's pledging to support it. So what are we doing here? I mean, if, if you hate everybody, that's fine. But what are we doing here? I mean, we can hate everybody uh, and still get things done, you would think. But that doesn't appear to be happening now. Uh, nothing really is getting done. Uh, but 
I do have to say, I, I think we got to give conservatives credit here in the House of Representatives. The president wanted them to pass the debt ceiling, and it was 90 conservatives. No Democrats voted against it. It was only conservatives who did, and there's a reason for that, and it's a reason that doesn't get stated very much. Conservatives in Congress, whether they support the president or not, conservatives in Congress are still the one group that believe ideas matter and believe in advocating those ideas and believe in smaller government. And so though they may be the most vigorous, most ardent supporters of the president, when the president asked them to essentially expand government, 90 of them voted against him. And it's not because they dislike the president, it's because they dislike growing government. And the Democrats and liberal Republicans went along with it. And it was the principled conservatives who always get attacked by everyone as being demagogues and ideologues. They're the ones who held their ground and because of principle said no. is 26 after the hour. The phone number here is 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. I got to correct something I said yesterday. Um, that is, I said that if you had over a 50% score on Rotten Tomatoes that uh, you were fresh. Um, Lister reminded me after the show last night it was 60%. Um which still, and for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, there's a, there was a big story in the New York Times yesterday. Uh, actually, I think it was in the print edition this morning that Hollywood is blaming Rotten Tomatoes for its terrible movies, uh, for its terrible box office this year. They, they've had a terrible, terrible box office, except their movies have been terrible. It's not the, it's not the critics. It's not rotten tomatoes. It's the movies. I mean, look at the movies that have been successful. Wonder woman was a good movie. Baby driver. I saw that the other night. It was actually a great movie. Um, what are say? I mean, guardians of the galaxy two wasn't great, but it was, it was good. It was funny. Uh, there've been a number of good movies this year, but look what, look where the, the good writing is. The good writing is not in movies right now. I mean, the, the the movies aren't very original right now. They're all franchises. Uh, Game of Thrones, a buddy of mine takes issue with me saying that. Um, he doesn't like the writing as much as I do. But Game of Thrones, um, Narcos on, what is it, Netflix? The Crown on Netflix. Uh, you got Atlanta on FX. A uh, number of other shows on FX uh, that are doing quite well. Uh, AMC as well has shows. Um, you've got uh, television shows seem to be where creativity is right now, which is really interesting when you think about it because for years, TV was kind of seen as the where the B-listers went. The A-listers were on the screen. And what's happening more and more now is Hollywood has discovered that there are no real celebrities left. You can, you can swap in a, a, a nameless person and as long as they're good at delivering the lines in the way they need to be done, it, they can become the star. You don't need uh, Brad Pitt in a movie or Tom Cruise in a movie anymore. Uh, George Clooney is about the only guy left who really sustains a box office on his name ID these days. It's 41 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Can we talk about Equifax, please? What a group of dirtbags. And they're local. And I hope they're listening and they feel bad. Well, not the run-of-the-mill employees. They did nothing wrong. But, I mean, th this situation just keeps getting worse. Um, I, 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 you know, I put on Twitter earlier that uh, Hurricane Irma needs to know that Equifax is across the street from WSB and, and will gladly take one for the team as long as they get taken out by the hurricane. I mean, it is that ridiculous, folks. So it, you have a massive, massive breach of records of customers of which you have no choice, really, to be an Equifax customer. You have no choice in the matter. 
and you become you, you your credit information goes there and it gets taken and not only do they delay telling people but now it appears that the head of their their information technology or, or several of their corporate officers sold stock after the breach became apparent but before it became public bought and sold made money And now, according to reporters today, if you go on Equifax's website and try to see if your data was compromised, the fine print says you're giving up your right to be part of a lawsuit. You're giving up your rights to sue them for not protecting the data you didn't even want them to have in the first place. And it make no nobody wants a credit reporting agency to have their information. Nobody wants a credit score. Nobody wants any of this. Equifax does it. They make money off of it. It's a profitable business, and they have just, I'm trying very hard not to use profanity, and it is increasingly difficult. Uh, they're, they're behaving like dirtbags, and I hope, and I, I do mean this seriously, based on what we know right now, if these facts are true about the, the selling of stock, after it was obvious of the data breach, but before it became public, all that, I hope people go to jail. Because the credit reporting agencies just, they are, they are God to your ability to make money in this country. They are your credit score that they maintain and, and process and do all that with affects your life in ways you're not even aware and nobody asked for them to do it. Nobody wants them to do it. And they get to do it anyway. And then they behave like they're above the law. Uh, yeah, they, they need to be severely punished. Uh, bulldoze the building as far as I, I'm concerned. Um, I don't like these agencies anyway. Never have. And the fact that they not only do this and then behave like that and do things where you give up your rights to even sue them if you dare to see if your information has been compromised. Yep, the, the entire weight of the law needs to come down. Donald Trump needs to come stand out in front of the building and call them out. It's that bad. By the way, have you guys heard the Trump administration has decided not to prosecute Lois Lerner from the IRS? Who got the IRS to go after the Tea Party groups? Who participated in that? Yep, not happening. Members of Congress, conservatives are ours. You know, I, I, gotta, I have a doctor friend of mine who is a diehard, we'll always love him, Trump fan. And he told me, we were together recently, that there's only one thing that has ever made him mad that the president did. And that is not prosecuting Hillary Clinton over her emails. That it was a big deal and Clinton was getting away with it. And now comes the Lois Lerner thing. These are the sorts of things, I mean, Lois Lerner, just based on the information, maybe they have a legitimate reason, but based on all the information that has been reported, even by sources sympathetic to the IRS, I, somebody should go to jail for that. Just like the Equifax thing, somebody should go to jail for that. Someone literally should go to jail. And they're not going to prosecute her. They're not going to prosecute anyone at the IRS. They haven't even removed the IRS commissioner after that happened. I mean, does anybody get punished for doing things wrong in this country if they're at a certain level? If you're at a certain level, apparently still in Trump's America, just like in Barack Obama's America, you can get away with stuff. You can get away with it. If you know the right people, if you're connected, it's wrong. Somebody should actually be prosecuted for this stuff based on what we know. And put it to you this way, either based on what we know someone should be prosecuted, or if we've been lied to that much and there really is no there there, then that should be exposed. Either way, somebody should be in trouble. It is, well, right now it's 55 after the hour. <laughs> we try to be precise around here. 404-872-0750, wsb talk My buddy Ben Shapiro. Uh, is given a or is about to give a speech at the University of California, Berkeley. And the university is now offering counseling services to those upset by his speech. 
you know, this gets back to if you if you weren't around in the four o'clock hours talking about the um, changes that have gone on in Britain since they legalized gay marriage. And now in Britain, um, pastors are being threatened with jail time if they read particular passages of the New Testament that list homosexuality as a sin. Uh, Christians and Muslims and, and Orthodox Jews are no longer allowed to adopt children in Britain um, because they have the wrong values. Think about that for a minute. They have the wrong values. They're no longer allowed to adopt uh, unless they're willing to uh, promise that they won't teach their kids that uh, gay marriage and, and transgenderism are wrong. And you can go to jail for hate words. You have the I mentioned the Scottish law student who may get expelled for hoping the U.S. does take out ISIS. That Muslim students complained it was deeply offensive. Here we we have this happening in the United States. Don't say it can't happen here. You've got uh, I mean this is we are deeply concerned. This is from Berkeley. We are deeply concerned about the impact some speakers may have on individuals' sense of safety and belonging. No one should be made to feel threatened or harassed simply because of who they are or for what they believe. <laughs> Unless you're a Christian, then you can be shut down. Uh, no one should be harassed simply for who they are or what they believe, says Berkeley, but they're allowing the, the Antifa to come in and shut down conservative speakers. And when we come back, I want to keep on this college theme. It, it, Betsy DeVos in Title IX reform. It is 11 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750, wsb talk I want to talk about the Betsy DeVos changes at Title IX and the mad hysteria from the left over them, which just further proves how totalitarian the left is. But first, I actually have to talk about something I didn't intend to talk about. And this gets to all of my problems with environmentalists and environmentalism and all of my problems with climate change fear mongers, global warming fear mongers, whatever you want to call them. Folks, the newest thing you have to be worried about, and I don't want you to crack a rib laughing when I tell you this. But the newest thing you have to worry about is the earth is running out of sand. <laughs> yes, yes, the, the journal Science wants you to know that there's a sand shortage coming. Pay no attention to the bottom of the sea or the Sahara. That's right. There's even a sand mafia in India. Good grief, people. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm tweeting this one out as I talk to you. Oh, good grief. That That's my tweet. You can go look for it and find the article. They, they, they want you to care that gravel and sand are becoming extinct. No, they're not. This, this is just, this is nonsense. This is genuinely nonsense. This is environmentalist fear-mongering. Yeah, I, I read the story, actually. I didn't just read the, the Gizmodo summation of it on the website where I got it from. No, the, the journal science story, the ecological, the New York Times has been harping on this forever. We're running out of sand, folks. I lived in the desert. We are not running out of sand. We're not. But it's a different type of sand. It's the crushed cell sand. No, we're not running out of sand. This is ridiculous. Ridiculous fear-mongering. Do you know what sand is? Do you, do you, we must be running out of rocks and shells if we're running out of sand. And we're not running out of those. Ridiculous fear-mongering. It, it really is ridiculous fear-mongering. Oh, here we go. Uh, Democrats, right now, they're threatening a government shutdown 
and a refusal to raise the debt ceiling if uh, DACA is not passed, is not made permanent. If dreamers aren't protected, uh, the Democrats intend to shut down the government. Let them do it. Let them do it. If they're going to shut down the government for illegal aliens, please let them do it. Seriously, let them do it. Okay, y'all. Betsy DeVos wants to change Title IX um, on-campus trial centers. Here's the thing. I was at my university when I was in college the chief justice of my university. Uh, I actually was able to redesign our judicial system at our university. Most colleges and universities have a student-run judicial system, although not all. Ours, uh, when I was at Mercer University, was just a phenomenal setup. Uh, Really empowered students, uh, students making the call on virtually everything. And a lot of schools for sexual assault cases are dealing with administrative tribunals led by faculty and staff, not students. What has happened is that uh, essentially because everything is now considered rape, and I don't say that lightly or jokingly, if you look at a person the wrong way, you've raped them with your eyes. If you touch them the wrong way, you've raped them, even if you haven't actually raped them. And in many cases, in universities where boys and girls are now exactly the same in every way, shape, and form, they have drunken nights and do things they shouldn't, and somebody's going to get accused of sexual assault, whether or not they did. And there are more and more and more and more and more cases where young men in particular are getting accused of sexual assault when they haven't actually done so. I mean, we got a situation in, uh, this is in Connecticut. Uh, a young Long Island woman has been accused of falsely crying rape against two football players at her Connecticut college. She's now trying to stay out of jail by claiming she has an undiagnosed mental health issue. You had the idiot performance artist in New York carrying a mattress around campus claiming that she was raped. She destroyed a young man's career and livelihood in college education claiming she was raped by him and he, and he didn't. This is happening more and more. And it is victimology and feminism colliding. And Betsy DeVos has had enough, the Secretary of Education, saying, here's the problem. If you lower the standard from reasonable doubt to preponderance of the evidence, which is the lowest imaginable standard on a college campus. On my college campus, when I was the university chief justice, we didn't even use a preponderance of evidence standard. We didn't use reasonable doubt, but we didn't use preponderance of evidence. That was too low when you took into account that you could be destroying someone's career based on a false accusation. And Betsy DeVos is saying, if you're going to destroy someone's academic career and life and you take money from the federal government, you're going to use a reasonable doubt standard. You're not going to use a preponderance of evidence standard. That's what would happen in a court. And what's happening in a lot of cases are students are going with uh, on-campus tribunals to claim they got raped if they break up with their boyfriend or they break up with a girlfriend. They're making these accusations. They're destroying people's lives, and they're not going to court. And what is happening is that people who really are victims, people who really are raped, they are, because of the preponderance of evidence standard, they're getting sued by the the rapist and taken to court, and they got to relive it all over again. And that's DeVos's point, is that we're, we're causing so much trouble on campuses, ruining so many lives, and the victims here are twofold. The victims are those who really are raped and those who are falsely accused. And we're making them relive it twice because inevitably there's going to be a real trial with a real reasonable doubt standard. And the left is apoplectic over this. In fact, apparently there, there's some, who I, this just came across the transom, uh, Actress Ellen Barkin uh, wants a conservative blogger to be physically assaulted uh, for objecting the the blogger supporting the rollback uh, by Betsy DeVos. This is crazy. This, this This is totalitarian. 
when you can have a kangaroo court on a college campus to destroy someone's life without a due process standard, that is a kangaroo court run by liberals. This is what feminism has become, that we have to lower the standards of due process. That's feminism on a college campus, and we should all be appalled by it, and we should all be championing what Betsy DeVos is doing. Seven after the hour. I am Eric Erickson here on Atlanta's Evening News, and I just want to remind you guys that we are going to continue uh, to alter our schedule accordingly here at WSB based on what is happening with the storm as it is inbound. The latest uh, National Hurricane Center report is just out. In the last 10 minutes, uh, the hurricane is uh, shifted further west and it is back to a Category 5 storm. They had been expecting it to hit Miami and be Category 4. It is now coming over the Keys, apparently, at Category 5 strength uh, and is still really set to sweep up through middle Georgia. Uh, basically with the eye passing over Macon as it weakens from hurricane to tropical storm status, according to the latest tracking map. Um, that means there's going to be an inordinate amount of rain and wind in our area, tornadoes possible and whatnot, uh, particularly south and central Georgia, really getting the brunt of it as it weakens headed to Atlanta. Uh, but that's going to cause a lot of water on the roadways and whatnot. We are monitoring it here. Kurt Mellish will keep you up to date. Uh, the best meteorologist in metro Atlanta on uh, any medium. He has uh, seen these things before, knows what he's doing, has some uh, great history to back up his predictions and whatnot, doesn't just rely on a computer telling him what it, what's going to happen. Um, we've got triple team traffic uh, with Doug Turnbull, Mark McKay. They're going to make sure you can get to work uh, if you're able to get to work. Uh, and don't forget the WSB radio app where if your power goes out, you don't have batteries for a radio, you can still get the information uh, and we'll be shaking up the schedule accordingly just to make sure you get the information you need to stay safe with your family out there. Uh, when we come back, uh, let's talk about Klingons and Star Trek for a minute. I know, I know, but we need to. It is 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here on WSB. Stick with us throughout the weekend uh, and into Monday and Tuesday as the storm impacts the Atlanta area. And it is going to impact the Atlanta area. Uh, we can say that fairly confidently at this point uh, with the storm track. Uh, the question for you is going to be traffic on Monday, um, flooding and uh, people going home on Tuesday as they try to head back to assess damage. And, and are schools going to be open or closed? That's going to be a big one. Will schools be open or closed? Uh, people, we're not, they're not going to make up their mind probably until Sunday. Um, I like Star Trek. I, I always have. Uh, I like the original series. I like the next generation. Uh, when I was in high school, I would, it was in Louisiana, it would come on Sunday nights at 10 p.m. And I would stay up on Sunday nights before school uh, watching uh, The Next Generation Star Trek. And I've seen the movies. In fact, when I was in high school, what Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country came out. And my physics teacher, Dr. Scott, uh, allowed me to skip school, well, gave me extra credit points, to skip school, my parents took me to see the movie, and I had to write a report on the obvious uh, screw-ups of science, among other things. <laughs> and it was a great way to get out of school for a day. I didn't want to go to school anyway. Um, allowed me to do that. I, I like Star Trek. I am going to have nothing to do with the new CBS series. Uh, they're bringing back Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery, and they're trying to boot, CBS is, it, their online subscription TV service. Uh, that is one of the worst things about the 21st century, is that everybody wants a subscription service. Every, every TV, hush up, Fred, every TV uh, channel wants a, a, um, a, a subscription service, you know, 
Netflix, they're going to lose all the Disney movies and, and Star Wars and Marvel movies because Disney's going to put them on their own. So you're going to have to have a subscription to that. You're going to have a subscription to Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. And now Apple's going to do something. And CBS and ABC and NBC and HBO and, and all the others. CBS wants one. And their flagship property for it is going to be Star Trek Discovery. Comes out September 24th. They're going to show it on the network, trying to draw people in, and then move it to the online network. And the showrunners are now saying that the Klingons are no longer going to be bad guys per se. They're going to be Trump voters. No, I'm not making that up. They're, they're no longer... They're going to be the bad guys per se. Well, they are going to be the bad guys, and that's it. The allegory is that we really started working on the show in earnest around the time the election was happening. The Klingons are going to help us really look at a certain side of ourselves in our country. Isolationism is a big thing. Racial purity is a big thing. The Klingons are not the enemy. They're just the Nazis. I'm sorry, the Trump supporters. But they do have different view on things. It raises big questions. Should we let people in? Do we want to change? There's also the question of just because you reach your hand out to someone, do they have to take it? Sometimes they don't want to take it. It's been interesting to see how the times have become more a mirror than we even thought they were going to be. This is ridiculous. So if you know, the in the original series, and even really uh, moving into the movies and all, the um, Klingons were the Soviets. They were the bad guy. It was the Cold War and they were the bad guy. And now the bad guy is going to be a Trump supporter. But they don't want to say that the Trump supporter is the bad guy, even though they're going to be the Nazis, the Soviets, That that's going to be them. There is no reason to watch this Television, sports, they should be escapes from stuff like this. And instead, it's going to be all politics all the time, even in Star Trek. That is disappointing, but not really surprising. Is anybody surprised by this? I'm not. I'm just surprised they admitted it. I appreciate it very much. Uh, and again, folks, get the app uh, this weekend. You'll be able to keep up with it. Stay tuned to WSB uh, wherever you are through any way possible as we mix up our schedule to keep you informed uh, of what's happening. I, this Star Trek thing, y'all, the, the politicization of everything is more and more a pet peeve of mine. You know, I wrote about this in my book, uh, Before You Wake. Uh, by the way, the pre-order, you can now pre-order the audiobook. I did the audiobook. It's in my own voice. And one of the points I make, and this is not a political book, by the way, it really isn't. It's, it's letters to my children on if I should die before they wake, how I hope they'll live, what they need to know about me and what they need to know about God and life, uh, what their favorite recipes are, how to cook them. But one of the points I make is that uh, the politicization of everything is not healthy. You really should be able to sit down and have a conversation with someone who you don't even talk politics with them. You don't even know what their politics are. They may be fundamentally opposed to your politics. But the art of building community is the art of finding common ground. And when you when you don't build community, you just stay online. You're not building community, really. You're just building a world that looks exactly like you. It's part of me telling you guys yesterday, stay off Snapchat. I, I got to tell you, the internet rarely surprises me. But what does surprise me is my syndicated column today, and, and I talked about it yesterday, uh, in more than 100 newspapers around the country, but not the AJC, <clears throat> is the internet is the devil's playground, particularly social media. And you don't need to give your kid, uh, going through puberty, casual access to social media on the internet. There's no reason they need a Snapchat account. I was shocked by the number of people, some of whom claim to be Christians, Say, well, they're going to find porn anyway. It's no big deal. Why make it difficult for them? Uh, you should. Just because they may do something doesn't mean that you should make it easy for them to do. They may smoke cigarettes. Should you go out and buy them a pack of cigarettes tomorrow? I mean, that's going to hurt them. The porn's going to hurt their relationship with other people long term. More likely than not, more and more studies are showing this, particularly high school boys 
who start looking and, and can't tune it out, and it reshapes, reprograms their mind over time. They, they have trouble building relationships. Just because it's going to happen, just because you may have done it, doesn't mean that it's right, doesn't mean that it's something you should do. Some things are best left taboo, and even if they're going to happen, it doesn't mean you need to encourage it or foster it or make it easy. Whether they're going to look at it or not, you don't need to give your kid a cell phone and Snapchat. There's no reason for it. And I'm really shocked by the people thinking, oh, it's going to happen anyway. Might as well let them. Yeah, okay, go buy your kids a pack of cigarettes and a case of beer tomorrow. See what happens. It is 57 after the hour. I am Eric Erickson here on WSB. I just saw Doug tweet this out, and I have retweeted it. If you uh, want to go to twitter.com slash EW Erickson, E-R-I-C-K-S-O-N, uh, Atlanta Magazine has a list up of offers, specials, and great deals for evacuees, Hurricane Irma evacuees. If that is you, you've come up from Florida or the Georgia coast. Um, the Atlanta Braves are offering free tickets uh, to the Miami Marlins game. You got to show an ID and be from one of the mandatory evacuation counties. You got Legoland discounts, Atlanta Motor Speedway events, uh, free brewery tours and beer discounts at Fox Brothers Barbecue. Uh, you can find that link. Go to atlantamagazine.com as well and find that information if you are from out of town. And welcome to Georgia. Georgia. 